keep living for God. And I believe God wanted me to talk on that tonight because of all the things that are going on in this world. We are aware of the pain and the suffering and the immortality and the corruption and all of this is going on in the world. We as Christians are aware of it. Amen. And we are praying and we're interceding and we're seeking God on, on people's behalf, on our behalfs, on our family's behalfs. And we are just, you know, bum God in heaven with our prayers and stuff. But there is something that God wants us to do. He wants us to keep living for him in spite of the situation. And I'm going to read a scripture that I think just fit the times that we live in. So if you be patient with me, I'm doing something new tonight. I'm trying to use my phone. Because <laughs> I didn't want my papers falling everywhere, so... I'm trying to be more organized. Okay. Uh, this is 2 Timothy 3rd chapter. Now, when I read this, this, this fits the time that we are living in right now. You might be familiar with it, but I'm going to read this again. This know also that in the, in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men should be lovers of their own selves, covenants, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affections, trust breakers, false accusers, incontinent, despisers of those that are good. Doesn't that sound like today? I love the Amplified Bible, the way it reads. It says, and I'm just going to read this. There are some terrible times coming in these last days. People will love only themselves and money. They will be proud and boast about themselves. They will abuse others with insults. They will not obey their parents. They will be ungrateful against all that is pleasing to God. They will have no love for others and will refuse to forgive anyone. They would talk about others to hurt them and will have no self-control. They will be cruel and hurt what is good. People will turn against their friends. They would do foolish things without thinking and will be so proud of themselves. Instead of loving God, they will love pleasure. They will, go, they will go on pretending to be devoted to God, but they will refuse to let that devotion change the way that they live. Stay away from these people. Amen. Doesn't that sound like the days that we are living in now? Just listening to the news. You know, every time you turn on the news, there's something going on. There is someone being murdered or there is someone fighting, one group fighting against another group. Our children are even being attacked in these days and times. Amen. Trafficking, abuse. I've never heard of so much abuse against children nowadays. 
We are living in perilous times. We are living in times that, you know, sometimes we wonder, what is going on? God, where are you? But he's where he's always been and always will be. He said he's never, he'll never leave us or forsake us. So we don't have to worry about these perilous times, but there is something that we need to do. And that's keep living for God. Amen. You know, we have an enemy. And he's going to, you know, some of us are trying to find our way. Some of us is trying to follow God. Some of us is trying to do God's will. You know, all of this is, uh, whatever is going on in this world, we are trying to press into the things of God. But we have an enemy. And that enemy, God said, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's going to come, and he's going to try to derail, derail you in every direction that you go. He's going to throw obstacles in your situation. Your circumstances are going to look like they're falling apart. Your children is going to look like they're acting up all the time. Won't listen. Being disobedient. That's what the word said. Our friends, our families, at odds with each other. All of this in the end days. But God says what? Be a good carriage. That's what he tells us, to be of good carriage. Because we are not fighting for victory. We're fighting from a place of victory. Because that victory has been won 2,000 years ago. So when we fight on our knees with prayer, when we fight with the word of God, when we put on the whole armor, we have to know during this battle, our heart must be committed to God knowing that we already got the victory. We already got the victory. But it's enough going, us, going on that'll make us kind of wonder, is I living in vain? Is, there, there was a song by the Clark sister says, is I living in vain? Then it say, oh no, of course not. Because on up the road, we're going to see Jesus. Amen. So let's turn to Revelations 22 and 14. Hold on. Are you all praying with me with this phone? <laughs> Revelations 22 and 14, I'm sorry. It says this. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. So this scripture here pronounces that we are blessed when we are cleansed from our sins. Amen. We are blessed when we be obedient to the things of God, amen? But we have to persevere. We got to keep the faith. We got to keep living for God. And how do we do that? 
Well, I want to talk about that tonight. How do we keep the faith? How do we keep persevering when everything's going on around us? When it seems like everything is going astray? When it seems like today, wrong is right and right is wrong. You know, if you listen to a lot of people talk, they're talking very contrary to the word of God all the time. Amen? But God, he says that if we live for him, there are great rewards. And what are those rewards? That we don't end into the lake of fire. There our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Those are the rewards if we keep living for God. See, we're just passing through here. This is not our home. This is a prelude of what's to come. Amen? So when we're living for God, there are rewards. And those rewards are we escape the lake of fire. We can eat from the tree of life. Our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Those are the rewards. But not only that, we are blessed when we be obedient to God. When we keep living for God, we are blessed. The psalmist David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We bless him. We worship him. We praise him. We magnify him. We glorify him because he is our God. He's king of kings and Lord of lords. And if he didn't do nothing else for us, he gave eternal life. And that's more than what we deserve. But God is so good that not only did he redeem us and not only did he just a sec. I'm sorry. I didn't put it on. I didn't put it on silence. <laughs> Praise God. Glory to God. It's all right. So not only did he give us rewards, but he gave us blessings too, amen? And what are some of those blessings? He redeemed us from death, didn't he? He gave us righteousness and justice. He clothed us with compassion and love. We are crowned with compassion and love. He heals us. He said, by his stripes, we are healed. That's a blessing. He provides for us. There's no lack in God. He supplies all our needs according to what? His riches and glory. That's blessings from God. And that's why, along with eternal life, he gives us eternal life. That's why we keep, that's our goal. The enemy got a goal. He has a goal. His goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. 
But the second part of that, Jesus said, I am, I come, that you might have life and have it abundantly. And when I think about that, what does that mean? He came to give us life so we can enjoy life and that we can have it abundantly, full, overflowing with blessings. That's what he has given us, a full life, a full life with plenty of joy. That's part of the blessing for living for God. He, the devil has a goal, and his goal is to, I say, this is theology 101, Phyllis. This is what I think that the devil, when I think about the devil coming to steal, kill, and destroy, I think the main thing he wants is the word of God. It'll be too easy for us, to, for him just to kill us in the natural but if he take the word of God from us, if he make us turn away from God, if he begin to make us question the love of God, if he can separate us from God, that's worse than a physical death. That's like a spiritual death. So that's why he wants to take the word from us. Because if he can take that word from us, he can actually destroy us. That's like destroying us. That's what he wants from you. He wants to steal the word. And in these times, we are going to be tested on every side. Our spiritual maturity is going to be tested. Did you hear that? Our spiritual maturity is going to be tested in these times. But we win. The fight is fixed. <laughs> the fight is fixed. We don't have to go around one, round two, round three. The fight is fixed. We win. Amen? Let's look at Revelations 1 and 3. It said, blessed is the one who reads aloud the word of the prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart. What is written in, in it, it, blessed are the one who reads aloud the word of God. Blessed are those who hear it, take it to heart, because the time is near. The time is near. We are living in those times, perilous times right now. The time is near. But we are blessed when we pick up that word. We read it. We meditate on it. We digest it. We apply it to our lives. That scripture says we are blessed. And that's the, when we read the word of God, it's just not words on a piece of paper. It's not words in black and red. That is God speaking to us. That's the mind of God. That's what he thinks. That's how he feels about things. That's his instructions for us. He tells us how to live this life. And when we go and be obedient to the word of God, we are blessed. Amen? 
Revelations 21 and 38. And I'm reading all these scriptures because it's telling us when we living for God, when we sacrificing for God, when we putting God first, when we making God the center of our lives, there are not only benefits, but the great rewards is that we receive eternal life. That's what we receive, eternal life. That's our goal. That's our goal, to receive eternal life and live with God forever and ever. Amen? Revelations 21 and 21, 3 and 8 said, I heard a loud shout from the throne. This is John saying, Lord, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. When we get to heaven, there's not going to be any more sorrow. There's not going to be any more pain. There's not going to be any more crying. He's going to wipe away all those tears from our eyes. I remember someone saying one time said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God about why did he let this happen and why did he let this happen. But you know what? You're not going to even worry about all of that. That's going to be so long forgotten when we get into the presence of God. We're not going to worry about what happened, why it happened, and when it happened, and why come God let it happen like this. That's not even going to be a question from us because there's no, gonna, not going to be any more pain. There's not going to be any more sorrow. He's going to wipe our tears. And with my sanctified imagination, when I read that, I thought, God, our God, who created heaven and earth, he wipes away our tears from our weeping eyes. What a day that's going to be. Oh, can you see it? What a day that's going to be. That's why we keep living for God. That's why in spite of what's going on in this world right now, all the destruction and corruption, all the immortality, all the hurt and the pain. That's why we keep pressing toward the mark of the price of the high calling. Amen? And then it says in chapter 5, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down. For what I tell you is trustworthy and true. How do many know everything God says is true? We can trust in everything that he says. Amen. And he said, uh, said it is finished. <laughs> I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious 
would inherit all these blessings, and I would be their God, and they would be my children. Amen. What a promise. What a promise in that scripture. What a promise. Then verse 8 says, but cowards, that's unbelievers, but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, liars, their faith is in the fiery lake of burning. Listen to that. That's why I come, you know, I used to say to God, God, don't you see the injustice? God, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? And I remember a few years ago, he took me to Psalms 37. He said, don't worry about evildoers. Because they're going to be cut down like weed. Don't worry about it. We don't have to worry about that. God is the one to give justice. He's still in control in spite of what it looks like. In spite of the narrative that they spin that make you think that we're losing. We're not losing anything. We have inherited everything. Everything. All the spiritual blessings of ours in heavenly places. He hath blessed us. Not that he's going to bless us, but he hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. What does that mean? He's given you everything you live, need to live this life. Everything that you need to live this life, he's already given it to you. If you need victory in any area of your life, he's already given it to you. If you need help with your finances, he's already given it to you. Anything, healing, whatever you need, he's already given it to you. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So who are the cowards? The cowards aren't us because, yes, we're going to have doubts sometimes. Sometimes we're going to question things. But the cowards are the unbelievers. And their faith is the lake of fire. These scriptures are, I mean, when you read them, it tells us what the end is going to be like for those who turn away from him, for those that don't know him. The, those that don't want to make him Lord over their lives. He said, every knee's going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that he's Lord. Not just your knees or my knees. Every knee going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that God is God. He's the king. He's the great I am. He's the almighty God. <laughs> There's nothing impossible for him. 
Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. But those evildoers, that's why, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's why we got to love one another. The Bible said love covers a multitudes of faults. Amen. But I'll get to that in a minute. They would not see the kingdom of God or enter into eternal life. But those who are victorious to the end will receive the blessings and the promises of God. According to Mark 13 and 13, those who endure to the end. How many of us are going to endure to the end? Because we want to see the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 9. It said, God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven he will come with his mighty angels in flame and fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hmm. They will be punished with eternal destruction forever, separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be separated. I don't want to be thrown into the lake of fire. I want to see Jesus. I want to see all the patriots that going on before us. Two type of people that'll be punished and separated from God for the rest of their lives. Ones that don't know him, that's why come it's important that we get the good news out. That's why it's important that we support these missions because we got to get the good news out. We want everybody to know God. We want everybody to share into the good news. We want everybody to make it. But those that don't know him and those that disobey, they will not enter into the kingdom of God. Keep living for God. Keep living for God. Four words, and that's my message. Keep living for God. No matter what, keep living for God. How do we keep living for God? Paul tells us we fight the good fight of faith. We fight the good fight of faith. First Timothy 6 and 12 said, fight a good fight for the faith. Claim eternal life. God offered it to you when you was clearly told about your faith. While so many people listened. This is doubt. So what are we really fighting if you think about it, we're fighting doubt in the mind. That's what we're fighting. 
Because if the enemy comes with all his lies and start making us doubting God, that's a fight. That's our main fight. The battlefield is in the mind. That's why you have to renew your mind with the word of God every day. He said meditate on his word day and night. Meditate on it day and night. What does it mean to meditate on it day and night? You read it. You ponder it. You talk to God about it. You ask him, how do I apply this to my life? What are you saying in this passage, God? How do, do it apply to me? Then you pray. You open up your heart to God. God, help me. Help me to put this word into action. Father, help me to have faith and not doubt. That's how you fight the good fight of faith. You know, Paul said it was like a race. That living this, walking this journey is like a race. You got to stay focused. You got to stay focused on the prize. You can't, when you run in a race, you can't look to the left or to the right. You can't look behind you trying to see if someone is catching up on you to see where the devil is at. You're not focused on him, but you're focused on God. Because if you focus on God, you don't have to be focused on him. You don't have to worry about where he's at. So you have to stay focused. That's how you fight the good fight of faith. That's how you win this battle. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, and he will, you have to remind yourself of what the word of God says. Who the word of God says you are. Who God is. The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeded out the mouth of God. That's how we fight the good fight of faith. We live by the word of God. So when somebody come to you, when the enemy come to you, and you remind him that you already know who he is, he's the father of all lies, and when he come to you with those lies, you remind him of that, then you remind yourself what the word of God says about you. What the God says about your future. Your plans and your purpose that he has for you. He has plans and purposes for our lives. And they are good. So that's when you fight the good fight of faith. With the word of God. With the word of God. So what are you saying? you reminding yourself of who God says you are. God says you're a child of God. You've been redeemed. You have victory over death. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're victorious. You're adopted into the royal family. You co-heirs with God. 
You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. What are you doing? You're renewing your mind with the truth so you can stand, so you can fight. Keep living for God. Keep living for God. Psalms 18 and 12, it says, The Lord is our rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high truth. God is our deliverer. No matter what the situation looks like, no matter what we feel like. Because we don't go by our feelings. We go by the word of God. If God said it, he'll do it and he'll make it good. Don't get weary in your well-doing. Because you're going to reap if you faint not. Don't get weary. Don't give up. When you can't hang on, hold on. When you can't hold on, hang on. <laughs> Don't get weary. He said the race is not given to the swift or to the strong, but the one that what? Endure. You got to endure this race. You got to endure this race. And if you think about it, it's, it's pretty much easy if you know you done already won. It's kind of like it's not even really a fight. <laughs> you know, if you really think about it, you already won. He's already given you the victory. You just have to continue in faith. You got to continue to believe. You got to Continue to believe when he say all things are possible for them who believe. That tells me no matter what you confronted with or faced with, whatever your circumstances are, whatever the obstacles are, God got you. He got you. If you believe. So we have to fight doubt. That's what we are fighting you can't believe the word of God if you're in doubt. It's kind of hard to believe it. Am I right? So it's, you're fighting doubt. Because again, the battlefield is in your mind. That's what the enemy likes to attack your mind. That's what he likes to attack. Think about it. If we just be honest with ourselves, a lot of things that he comes to us about, a lot of it never even come to pass. But we'll, get, we'll start worrying about it, tossing and turning, trying to figure it out, try to work it out, you know. But what if this happened? What are we going to do when this happened? How are we going to take care of this? What's going on with this? The doctor said, I got 10, 10 months to live. Testimony time. Two loved ones. 
of mine. Doctor gave him one six months to live. They lived six years. <laughs> Another one, God said he wouldn't live to be an old man. He was 50-something years old. He's sitting right there still living 20-something years later. Because we believe the word of God. Because when he came to me and told me, and we, you know, it's kind of like a shock to you because they say it like they say in Pastor Sugar, right? And I wasn't for sure I heard it right. But I was too scared to ask again, you know, because it's like, did I hear that? Uh, maybe I didn't hear that. So I'm just going to keep letting him talk. Because the more he talked, then I know if he said that or he didn't say it. Well, he did say it. He said, you won't live to be an old man. Get your stuff in order. But my God, I, we went out to the car. We sat there. And I looked at him. I said, who report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of the Lord? Then I put my key in my key in my car, and we drove to the church. We was on Mayfair Road. And he got out. Pastor Nick prayed with him. Quoted the word of God for him. He believed it. When they read it, when he was speaking it. Because faith come by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. As they spoke that word, faith came, and he made a decision that he was going to believe the word of God. And we kept fighting the good fight of faith in spite of what the doctor said, in spite of all the radiation treatments, in spite of all the treatment, we kept fighting. Twenty-something years later, he's here. I still believe God. I still believe that God is a healer. I still believe that God worked miracles. I still believe that there's nothing impossible for God. No matter how the wind blow, I'm still going to stand on my ground. I'm still going to stand on the word of God. When it doesn't seem like it's going to work out the way I want it to work out, I'm still standing on the word of God. If he don't do it the way I think he ought to do it, I know he knows best. And I'm going to still stand on him. Amen. Paul says in Philippians 3 and 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. In Christ Jesus. Pressing toward the mark is keeping the faith, even when I want to give up. Pressing toward the mark is when the enemy telling me that my living is in vain. I'm keeping the faith because in the end, I know I win. Pressing toward the mark of the high calling, knowing that God is my hope of glory. Maintaining my testimony. Maintaining my faith. 
continuing on the straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life. I remember his faithfulness in the times of trouble. I remember his goodness in dark times. So I keep pressing. I remember all his promises. He said his word won't return to us void. All his promises, not some of them, is yes and amen. So I keep pressing when it get hard. I keep pressing because he tells me that I'm going to be pressed on every side, but I'm not going to be crushed. He tells me I'm going to be, be perplexed, but not in despair. He said he won't let it, the enemy destroy me. So I keep my eyes on the prize. I keep my eyes on the hope of glory. Christ Jesus. Amen. Psalms 34 and 1 and 9 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteousness, but God will deliver him from them all. He didn't say he was going to deliver us from some of them. He said he'll deliver us from all of it. He said many are the afflictions of the righteousness, but he, but God, delivers you from them all. I'm not saying that this, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I used to ask God about that because it just seemed like everything was such a struggle all the time. God, how can you say your yoke is easy and my burden is light? This is a struggle. I wake up and it seems like I'm struggling with it. He said, because you haven't surrendered it over to me. <laughs> he said, that's why come it's not easy for you. Because you haven't made a commitment in your heart about this thing. You haven't surrendered it. You haven't given it over to me. And that's why come it seems like it's a struggle all the time. Because we're not surrendering it over to God. Because when we surrender it over to God, he delivers us from everything affliction every he said cast your cares on, upon him because he care for you that's the word of God Acts 14 and 21 and 22 says this and I'm just about through Acts 14, 21, and 22. Paul and Barnabas proclaimed the good news to the people in Durbert and made many disciples. And when they returned to, y'all got to help me with this one. When they returned to 
Lestra, Iconium, and Antioch, where they were strengthened, the disciples urged them to, to remain firm in the faith. They strengthened the disciples and urged them to remain firm in their faith. They told them, we are to enter God's kingdom. When we enter, we must pass through many times. So we have to exalt each other. Because there are going to be times where we're going to feel faint at heart. There are going to be times when we feel like we want to give up and turn away from God. But in those times, in those seasons, that's where we uplift each other. That's where we keep our eyes on the prize. That's when we tell ourselves that our goal is eternal life. And we continue to live for God. There are going to be some times when we feel like we can't go on. But Mark 8, Mark, Matthew 16, 24, and 27 says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let them, him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What is it a man profit if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. Then he shall reward every man according to his works. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? You can have all these riches in this world. The houses, the land, the cars, the money, you name it. Whatever money can buy, you can gain that. But if you don't have God, you have nothing. God is the most, your soul is the most important thing in this world. Your soul. And God is the mo most valued thing in this world. If you don't have him, you have nothing. You can be successful as the world say you are successful. But to God, success is when you're living for God. Success is when you denying yourself to follow him. That's success. That's what it means when it say pick up your cross and follow him. It means to deny flesh and follow him. Amen. That's what it means. That's what it means. So I'm going to say to you, you know, people are searching for something. Hurt people hurt people. You heard that saying? In this world, hurt people are hurting people. And people are looking and searching for something. But what they don't know is they're searching for God. There is a place in each and every one of our hearts that you can't put material things in there. 
You can't have enough money. You can't buy enough land. All the clothes, all the jewelry, all the everything, you can't have enough. You have to make God the center of your life. He has to be the center of your life. Once you put God in the center of your life, then that's when you have everything. So I close with this and I say this. There's no greater love than to lay down your lives for God. The first commandment says, love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, strength, love him. The second one is love thy neighbor as thyself. And if you can't love your neighbor, it's impossible for you to love God. Amen. So we have an obligation to share the good news to the lost. In the beginning, I talked about the things that was going on in this world. But we have an obligation to try to reach the lost. We have an obligation to try to reach our brothers and sisters. Because in the end, only what you do for God is going to last. In the end, you want to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. In the end, you want to see God. You want to see your loved ones. That's why we keep living. In the end, you want to walk around heaven all day, worshiping him, praising him. That's our goal. That's why we keep living for God. So I say to you, Keep pressing toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Because if you don't faint, there's a great reward at the end. Keep living for God. Amen.